welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast this week. I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And Forty. Hey, hey, hey. And Ham. G'day, fellas. Good to be back. And your host, Hamish. Full compliment here. Uh, the boys only come in for a win. Yep. Yeah. Bandwagoners. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Speaking of the win, uh, it seems such a long time ago now, but it was only last Friday. Eels prevailed 43 to 12 with that final disrespectful field goal. Going through the stat sheet, Dill Brown with one, Clint Gutherson with a hat trick, Mitch Moses with one, Love Muscle going over two, and Junior Polo at the 69th minute as he would like. Nice. Um, seven from seven off the boot. Uh, let's go through some of those team stats, which saw the Eels dominate possession 53%. We only completed at 67%, which is a little bit worrying, but again, uh, we got into that mode in the second half of just throwing the ball around um, because every run seemed to be a line break. Uh, we outgamed them by about 600 metres, an extra 50 metres post-contact, 13 line breaks to three. I believe we're up 10 to something in the first half. Uh, 61 tackle breaks, average set distance was 50 metres, uh, we won the kick return metres by 100 metres, and we won the average play the ball speed by 0.19 seconds. Anything else? Kick defusal, 80%. Effective tackle percentage, only at 86%, but the Knights was at 80%. Uh, we made three two five tackles, we missed 46, whereas uh, the Knights missed a total of 61 with 25 ineffective. 16 errors, to us, to the Knights, 13. We consider three penalties, two. One ruck infringements to the Knights, three. Two inside 10 metres to the Knights, nil. And both teams use their complement of players. I'll start with you, Bertie. Look, <laughs> look. I tipped um, us a big win last week. Even though we won by plenty this week, I feel as though it was just too easy. Like, how much How much can we read into it? Like, the tries that... um The two dummy half tries that Guffo scored and even the halves tries... There's no defensive line. They literally they took one step, put the ball down, and um, and like it's just it's very shambolic from Newcastle Knights. It looked like a Ron Massey Cup team out there, and I'm um, and so I'm not trying to get like I'm not rushing to buy grand final tickets right now, but it was just everything seemed so easy. Like you know, we're making line breaks, even um like that break that uh, Penasini made. You know, Hayes couldn't ever keep up with him, and it just seemed like everything we did was with ease and um. Yeah, they didn't put up much of a fight in Newcastle, so it's very, very hard one to look at. Like, while it's a positive, our four and against got a major boost. Um, I'm not taking much else out of it besides it was just an easy game. Yeah, I take your point there, Bertie. It's a bit hard to sort of, whilst you're at the game, you're enjoying it. All the tries, it's great. It's hard to sort of analyse where we're sitting at following that because Newcastle were just absolutely diabolical. Their first up contact was disgraceful. They were conceding a line break almost every carry. All we had to do was go right or go left around the edges or just run the uh, traffic straight at uh, Ponga. And, you know, he's certainly not up to defending in the line at the moment. Um, he, he doesn't seem up for that contact. So I take your point that it's hard to sort of gauge where we're at coming out of that win, but uh, we certainly scored a lot of tries and we bombed a lot too. So like you compare it to the thoughts? trial game that we played early against them, look, I, I feel as though we played pretty much similar in terms of attack. It just seemed like Newcastle were way worse in the trial game. So I don't know how that's possible. And it's just, yeah, it's very, very odd Like when you compare it to the early trial game. And you, Forty? Yeah, when I was the <clears throat> describing this game in the sort of wake of the post-match, I was saying to 60s and the other people that were with me on the game, or at the game rather, it was one of the most bizarre experiences I'd seen in real time for a football game. Uh, the Parramatta Reels were in what was amounting to a training run against Newcastle. They were just going through with ease. They had more line breaks than Newcastle Knights had points, 13 to 12. They probably had left as many points on the field as they did score. And of their, what was it, 37 roughly percent incompleted sets, maybe 30% of those sets could have been ending in tries. It, it was just the most bizarre experience I've ever seen in a game that we won comfortably but could have won by, you know, almost record amount. So it's one of those ones where you don't really take too much out of it. You get your two points. You get to see some nice performances from some key players. It was good to see, uh, you know, a couple of the backline members, a couple of the four-pack guys uh, feature promptly in attack. And I suppose the big thing is that no Ryan Madison before kickoff, you know, obviously the – not butterflies, but the nerves in the context of the team sort of kicked in saying, oh, maybe Newcastle are really going to get us here. But we had Makahesi Makatoa – and off Hickey Ogden in particular, because I thought Wurrimu had his third straight, third straight good game of the season, uh, which was nice to see. But those other two, Ogden and Makatoa, have been maligned this year, and for good reason. They haven't been in great touch, but they came out here and had career games. And they're the sort of performances we're going to need against other teams, uh, while Reagan Campbell-Gillard is in the rehab corner. So getting more out of them will be huge. The question is, was it one-off performances against a very ordinary Newcastle team? 
all those guys got a bit more juice left in the tank across the next month or two. Yeah, it's certainly a big consideration is what's going to be the um, the bench going to be like against a team which um, Titans have a forward pack that can show up and they've got some bench players as well. So uh, whether or not they can go the distance. But then again, t- t- Titans bench makeup in the last couple of weeks has probably been worse than um, some of the worst that BA's thrown out. So um, we'll get to the team list a bit later, but it's also going to be hard to gauge this week, but we will be playing away from home. Um, him. Um, I just want to talk about the incomplete or the completion rate and the incomplete sets. Because, um, you know, from my perspective, I wasn't like when it came out that we had 67% uh, completion rate, you know, that look, it, it's it's a bad look on paper. But I, I think it's a bit of a, a misnomer in this game because, like, I, I went through the first half. I wasn't able to go through the second half before the pod, but I should have, but I wasn't able to. Um, the first half, I believe we had four um, errors. Two of them were bad, which was a Wiramu drop and a Hayes drop because, like, those ones were just regulation carries. Um, top, uh, Wiramu got the ball passed to him from Before the ball in contact. Yeah. And Hayes, Hayes lost, lost his ball in contact. That's right. Um, whereas the other two, Gutherson got tackled and dragged down and had come out just before the line. Um, and this, and a second one was uh, Cartwright passing the ball to uh, Penasini and it knocked over his shoulder and was deemed a knock-on. Um, those were the errors there. So did the first two... Disappointing. Those are the ones we need to cut out. Um, the second two, you can, I, I can forgive them because like you're going for a try, so they count as incomplete sets. It's the same as the second half. Off my top of my head, um, we would have had one with hands um, throwing a forward pass, and there was also another Wiramu drop. Now, obviously, there would be more. Otherwise, we'd be a lot more down. But then there's other ones there. Um, Moses having his knee over the sideline. Like to me. That's a, a good incomplete set because we're going for a try. Like we, you know, it's not. Oh, we dropped the ball on second tackle. It's we're we're in the act of of putting points on. And then there was another one, which I don't know how it wasn't called offside, but Moses passed the ball, knocked down by the uh, Lockie Miller, and then one of their players picks it up. Kidding me? That's my rent. <laughs> uh, and I, I suppose out of this game, Guffo's going to be feeling pretty bad because he left the Pfeiffer. Yeah, old Michelle Pfeiffer on the table there. Got, yeah. his, got his first career hat-trick, but you mentioned that one try ham uh, that he got wrong, and then Mitch missed him for the other one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Watching at the game, you saw Gutho backing up in the middle there and just like, oh, this is going to be another one. And then he goes right, and I was like, oh. You know, I, I think Moses could have taken the tackle there, but, you know, you're trying to put on points, so, you know, it's not, not too bad, I guess, but... Yeah, maybe, a, or even slow down to the to the fullback and a pass to Gutho back on the inside because I'm sure that Gutho would have been screaming out for it. I uh, I said it to you guys uh, in the group chat after the game, but you got to reckon that Bremen Best checks under his bed and checks in the closet for the boogeyman that is Will Penasini before he goes to bed, doesn't he? Every, every game Will's had against him, he's just absolutely carved him up. It's <laughs> you know, and then they always talk about Bradman Best for Origin. Well, come on, guys. It's a bit difficult when he's, Bradman Best has got to hedge his bets with his uh, inside uh, halves partner. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly think both the second rower there, he usually plays fairly well. For, is it Fitzgibbon or Fitz? Yeah, Fitzgibbon. Fitzgibbon, yeah. Fitzgibbon. Yeah. Um, you know, it must be pretty difficult trying to defend in the line with Ponga, who's just falling off tackles left, right and centre. Yeah, that, um, that gives him the whole pass for this game. But in other games, he's had non-Ponga halves partners where Will's also gotten the best of him. So, And to be fair, getting beaten by Will isn't exactly – a huge discredit to you these days. He's been tearing up all season. So I'm glad that the team is remembering that lesson, that you just give the ball's will sometimes and he'll make something happen. Just very, very strong. And that ability to skip off his left foot, fend and free up that right arm for the flick has been very, very lethal. And once Hayes gets back to, or whoever's on the right wing at any given time, once they're at full speed, we're really going to profiteer off that. Well, that I, I suppose that's one thing I think we can take away from this game was that we recognised where we were scoring points and we kept going back to it. Like, we kept trying to go down the right side. We kept trying to chance our arm. Whereas you, you go back to the Tigers game where we just yeah. completely went conservative yep. and then we let them back in. Yeah. That could have easily happened in this game too. We could have gone back to being conservative, playing one-out football, playing down the middle, but we didn't. And I think that's why, because even though we weren't completing the set or getting the points, Newcastle was still forced to make a decision. They were still forced to turn around while making a line break. They were still forced to do that. So they couldn't put anything into their attack. Perhaps the uh, craziest thing that came out of this game for me 
was that this was the perfect canvas for Bryce Cartwright to slip back into old habits. Game was fast and loose. The opposition couldn't make a tackle to save themselves, which meant there'll be opportunities to offload and chip kick. And yet he just ran the ball hard. Uh, you know, he you know also looked to play positive football, uh, but never got loose. So really good of Bryce to see that he's sticking to those disciplines that he's picked up this year and would have made him such a good footballer in 2023. All right, I've got two negatives and a positive to finish us off with. Give us a sandwich, uh, one negative, sandwich, no, Hayes sandwich. Dunster. Just his speed and his acceleration, unfortunately. He's still a little bit off the pace, although his defensive work was fantastic, especially in that second half. Yeah, I just on Hayes, like, it's really weird because his rucking out seems to get, be getting better. His ability to keep, like, play 80 minutes is getting better. But, yeah, geez, that that acceleration and getting to top speed, is, it's, to me, it's not a huge concern because, like, I think that coming off such a horrific knee injury – there's always going to be something lacking, but if he can make his, if he can make his runs and make his tackles, like we've got the fu- if Will makes a break, we've got Moses and Gutho inside of him. If Moses makes a break, he's going to have Will and Gutho there. Like you know, having Pettersea, uh, having Dunster there w- would be a huge bonus. But we've got the fast players there, and Hayes was never one of our fastest players anyway. That's right. So the second negative would be um, Josh Hodgson kicking license revoked. Wait, you said you said one negative and two positives, you liar. No, I said two negatives and a positive. Yeah, finish on a positive. Don't finish. I, Especially I, felt, after, I would have sworn you, you said it was the other way around. Point. That's why I wanted the compliment sandwich. <laughs> no, apparently that's the worst thing that you can do is the compliment sandwich. Yeah, I know. Um, but in any event, so Josh Hodgson, short kicking game, he was practicing those in the warm-up. Um, and then he got a bit kick-happy towards the end of the game. But I guess if you're up by 40 points, it doesn't really matter. I, I feel like um, with Hodgson's kicking game, it's the, the organised ones where he's out of dummy half and does it, there's merit to those still. But the ones where we had a bit of second-phase play, nothing was really happening, you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to kick now. Yeah, they're the ones that need to be put away for good. And then to finish with the positive, I would have Greg. My God, he's getting better each and every week. And um, starting for that 20-minute stint, he's getting better and better. And he's getting more of a tank each week as well. So... Um, props to Widermir Greg. Um, he's battled along in New South Wales Cup for a couple of years, and it seems to be paying dividends for him now playing up in top row. It's it's visible, isn't it? Like it's much like Hayes. Like you can just see him getting that fitness back each week. Woody's just getting that fitness each week. Like what well, was against the Roosters the first time he started? Mm-hmm. After the fourth minute, he was he was gone. Well, that's the thing that cracks me up about Widermir is that I think he's always going to look like he's gassed after two minutes. Like no matter how fit he gets, he's just going to be one of those guys that looks like he's sucking him in. But you can just see in terms of the quality of his play now, he's you know going for longer stints. He's getting back in defense better. He's pushing through contact more consistently, deeper into his uh, forays on the field. So, yeah, like I said earlier in the in the podcast, boys, that's three straight good games, like genuinely good games from Wiramu. And when Reg got injured, we said that someone had to step up, most likely Wiramu, and he is coming to the plate. And um, it's the third week or fourth week he's had uh, the high involvement rate. Usually it's with the runs, but this week... Um, Rugby League Eye Test on Twitter has put out the the table for the week where he's had um he was one of the top performers for the tackling tackle rate so he made a, huge, a, a bunch of tackles while he was on the field and actually when you look at that uh, when you look at that table he has the third most or fourth most minutes in that table so you know huge huge effort there from Woody especially one where you you wouldn't expect him to be um you know he's you wouldn't expect him to have a high rate defensively making tackles. So that's that's really big and really that's what we want to see from your impact guys like Woody from Ogden from Makatoa. Like we we need that impact. One guy that was hard done by in a blowout though was uh Paul Mantdury got stuck on the bench despite the Eels being up by, you know, thirty plus points. So, he would have carved up. Yeah, pro- probably a bit of a faux pas there. I know that BA was probably trying to get the most out of Macker and Ogden, given that we have that whole issue with uh, RCG, but probably a bit of a faux pas there from BA to not at least give him 10 to 15 minutes. Imagine him like just constantly hitting that hole in between. Down the right like, edge. Gibbon and Ponga <laughs> yep. for 15, 20 minutes. Like, know, maybe he felt he bad for Newcastle. He had five line breaks on his own. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's some very big positives to take out of that. But then again, I go back to Bertie. It's pretty hard to sort of gauge um, where we're at coming out of that just because Newcastle were just so poor in that game. Um, but we'll find out against the Titans this weekend. Very, very winnable game. Uh, let's move on to some joy in the SG ball. The boys getting over and victorious, 28-22, to 22, even with a little bit of controversy from the men in the middle. But try scorers Ethan Sanders, 
Devonte Vivella, Charlie Geimer, Richard Penasini, um, Vivella, sorry, with a double, and then Ethan Sanders four from five off the boot, uh, missing the field goal. Um, so twelve all at halftime here. Reading on the New South Wales Rugby League website, uh, boys, you were down there. Yes, Ham and I were out there. Um, so the Eels twenty four off twenty five um, completed sets. So played very very tidy football, but so did Newcastle. Um, but enough to get over the uh, at the end of the game. And how did you boys see it? Yeah, it was a very, very good team performance and probably indicative of their entire final series. The first week against West uh, Ham, I think, was probably the quote-unquote loosest they played uh, in a very fast and torrid game that went end-to-end against the young and, and aggressive uh, Western Suburbs team, but they managed to drag it back at the end on the back of their spine. But in the following two games against Canberra and against Newcastle, they played brilliant all-round football, great defense, great offense, very disciplined, and against, in particular, this game, some really, really adverse conditions with what was happening in the middle of the whistle. Yeah, look, I, I won't start off with the referees because I could I could go all day against these referees, um, but in terms of our play, like, I thought Sam Tuovati mm. probably, you know, I, I won't say Rob because Ethan Sanders had a very good game, but, geez, that go-forward he had, like he, he was breaking a tackle every run he made, it, and he was yeah. smashing him in defence too. If, if not for Sam, we would not have had that roll on, especially with the way Newcastle were allow, allowed to peel away. Um, Control the ruck. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sam, in his junior year of SG Boy eligibility, was a man amongst boys out there. Uh, I mean, we've wrapped him on the podcast plenty of times. He is absolutely one of our most important, you know, sort of blue chip High talent cycle, high high ceiling. Sorry, uh, players, and he showed up trumps on the biggest day there. Ethan Sanders, who did get the man of the match, I thought he was very good too. Uh, ditto for Josh Lynn. They both took their opportunities. Uh, they both set up tries in the opening stands that were almost the the carbon copies of them, of each other, weren't they? Ham playing at the line to their back rowers and picking picking uh, the Newcastle defense apart. Um, I thought I thought actually most of the back line was pretty good. Uh, I thought Devonta Vivella bounced back massively from that game against Canberra, where I know we won, but he had a couple of drops. In this game, he took his opportunities two for two, including a yeah, bounce. probably going, um, you know, his worst game of the year to one of his better yeah. ones. The bounce pass he picked up to secure the game on the uh, cutout pass from Arpa Tweedle, that was fantastic. The two centres were heavily involved, Penasini and Talangi. Uh, obviously, the, you know, Richard scored a try, but... I thought that their off-the-ball work was as good as anything else they were doing. There were some great kick chases where they didn't quite get the bickies, but they put huge pressure on Fletcher Sharp in the back two of Colburn or back three of Colburn and Awaki. Uh, and then going into the forwards, Matty Arthur had a pivotal stretch in this game where we were getting absolutely hammered by the referee, and he turned around and produced a 40-20, and then the try set up for the captain, Charlie Geimer. That was a massive uh, back-to-back set of plays there. I thought Lance for Lima was solid ham, Dom DeStratus, Charlie Geimer, Saxon Pryke. All the starting pack were excellent. And then on the interchange, uh, you know, not, not to be huge heroes in this one. I know Paddy Spence gave away a penalty, but I also thought he was pretty uh, high uh, impact or high work rate while it was on. But uh, they all came on and did their job, and that's all you can ask for in these games. Yeah, look, when you, when you win a grand final, especially against a team, um, Newcastle have some very good players in their team. Um, it's, um, everyone, needs to have, everyone needs to do their job. And, you know, just the one play didn't shout out there. Uh, in the back line, Moe Alamedine. Like, yeah, the, the big he, take he's he took. He's the prototypical modern NRL winger at the moment. He's just, I he's, did. he's still a year young, but he charges the ball up hard. He does two carries a set sometimes. He's really growing. That, that was a big role. miss for me because, uh, like we said last year in the Herald Mats, while he didn't always make the fullback position his own that year, at wing this year, he's been incredible. I mean, at home on the flank, very strong ruck work, backs up really well. And has gotten really strong under the high ball. And in this game, there was a critical catch he took in that final uh, sort of moment, not the final, final moments, but in some of those last exchanges, the Knights kicked to their right with one of those really testing flattish kicks. And he just went up and climbed it and got it himself. So, uh, and that same too for Vivella, who had also had a very good take earlier in that, just a little bit earlier in that half. So the, the back two wing is there making some clutch plays. And yeah, this is this is a very good team performance. And there's probably shades of the 2017 SG Ball Grand Final for these two teams, Ham, where it looks like there's probably a whole stack of first graders on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, you look at the Knights, Fletcher Sharp has already played Jersey Flag Grand Final the year before. Uh, and then they had the centre, Ethan Ferguson. Uh, I imagine that they've got pretty big wraps on the halfback, Taj Blackman. And then you really like that back rower, Elijah Celesi, Iwamoana, who had a yeah, very good was, game. he was fantastic. Like, 
you know, I don't want to wrap opposition players too much, but every every time he ran the ball, he was breaking a tackle. He smashed us a couple of times. And of he's course, a bit on the smaller side for a forward, but he's got he plays a lot of heart. And we got former Parramatta Eels prospect Miles Martin, who had a fairly quiet day, it must be said, thankfully, uh, but still an outstanding young prospect that will probably push through the first grade. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, I just want to finish off um, two things with this with this team. Um, the two to five are all a year young for this grade. So while I don't think they'll all play SG Ball next year, they're all eligible for SG Ball next year. That's And they were all fantastic in this game. They've all been fantastic pretty much all year. Um, really enjoy the two to five. And I think one thing that's been understated about this team and as a squad um, in general over the year is that a lot of the players were brought in externally. So this is sort of the first year they've all played together, like Twiddle, Vivella, um, Josh Lynn, uh, Phil Lima to an extent. is a, Oh, he's a Queenslander, but he was here last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Geimer, again, uh, from Tamora, but has had uh, a couple of years with us. Will Lewis uh, is from Queensland. Will Lewis from Queensland. And then there's been other ones um, throughout the year. Kanan Hardiman. Um, there was another Queensland outside back, I believe. I can't remember his name at the moment. Um, but for them to come together and then win the grand final... Uh, goes to show the the quality and the talent that these kids have because a lot of even in this grade like some some players will be playing together since Harold Matt so that would be three years together by now but the fact that they've been able to come together and win a grand final especially with the uh, oh LeBron Tuala of course I missed him the the big fella um, but the fact they've been able to come together so quickly and win a grand final you know you don't want, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself for first grade players but I think there's and you never want to say certainty, but there's some very likely players here and then others that if they commit themselves um, and they've got a good good support group around them, both um, football-wise and off the field, um, you know, they've got a big chance of making first grade, which is ultimately it's not about winning Harold Matt's no. SG Ball, Jersey Flag, New South Wales Cup. It's about how many of these guys go on to first grade. That's... Junior development. And the one last person we really should shout out, Ham, is Coach Steve O'Day, who's done a tremendous job with this squad and has been a really really good coach for the Eels for a number of years now in our pathway systems. Uh, I've been privy to some of the work he does behind the scenes, and it, he's a very, very, very very good coach and an outstanding man as well. So good to see him rewarded with the big title here. And the celebration in the sheds after with the first grade squad it was great to see yeah. um, up on all the socials there. That was awesome. Seen uh, all the first graders who were connected to a good part of his squad in the preseason as well. Uh, it's easy to forget, but I think there was five or six of these boys: uh, Penasini, Talangi, Sanders. I think maybe Big Lance for Lima, uh, maybe uh, Sam Tuivati, uh, Charlie Geimer, Saxon Pryke. I think uh, all spent time in the preseason with the NRL squad. So there's uh, strong connections, there and it was great to see the the NRL superstars turning out to support the cup. Uh, the flag, sorry, flag ball. SG ball, <laughs> SG ball. Yeah, we just check, check, cross, cross, check, check. Uh, yeah, for their big moment, and uh, those those scenes uh, in the cha- the change rooms in the dressing sheds were fantastic. So especially seeing Jermaine Hopgood popping off. <laughs> I, I think it was a legitimate surprise too, because when you watch the highlights of the uh, reserve grade game, you can see them all sitting up on the um, deck there at, at Kellyville. So they all would have gone then across to um, Leichhardt after that game had finished and. You know, I, I, it was probably a genuine surprise, and what you saw on video of the boy, of the SG Ball boys going back into the sheds would have been their genuine surprise of seeing those first graders there. Right. So a genuine surprise was probably the uh, Jersey flag, which saw the Eels defeated eight to the Knights twenty eight. Uh, Jock Brazil and Lene Federica both going over, uh, but not enough to get over the top of Newcastle there. Did you boys see that one out of Kellyville, or you guys were already yeah, out over it, at Leichhardt for yeah, the SG? It clashed badly with the SG ball. And I guess probably the similar for reserve grade, Eels 44 to 10 prevailing there, also out at Kellyville. Uh, but in that grade, again, running rampant over Newcastle, Matt Dury with a double. Uh, Many Luke, who we found out is the younger brother of uh, the other Luke that's playing at Penrith at the moment. Uh, Zach Zini with a double as well. Uh, Many Luke with the double, sorry. Chris Tupu and uh, Jake Arthur all going over. Ranking six from eight off the boot. So uh, dominating that contest. Uh, did you guys get any word out of this one? I saw the highlights. Uh, that was about it, though. So it was good. I, I was surprised they bounced back the way they did. I don't think Newcastle are a very good team in this grade. Um, if you just check the ladder, 
the Knights have had one win from nine starts. Obviously, one of those losses. One of those losses been to us last week, but they were Stone Cold last coming into the round. Left Stone Cold last uh, at the end of round nine, so no surprises there. But it was good to see us bounce back the way we did, given that they had a lot of players out because of the uh, first grade stuff happening with No Matter and whatnot, and <clears throat> and also coming off that hiding from the Warriors. So very nice to see. I think in this game. Uh, Jack Murchie put together some nice numbers. He had one line break to his name, which is actually the line break that set up the Jake Arthur trial, which was a bit of a specky from the team. If you go see the highlights there, that was a nice one. But um, he was still, including the fact he went for about 60 metres in that line uh, that line break there, he still had a nice game. I think he went for nearly 200 metres off 14 carries. So he was doing a good job prior to that line break. Uh, 189 metres from 14 carries, there you go. Uh, looks like the whole back line were pretty busy here. Uh, and then in the forwards, mostly it was mostly Murchy. Uh, Luca Murdy was okay, uh, but uh, and Matt Dory as well was pretty good. And we got to see Andrew Davy too, I suppose, which was nice. Um, you know, he had a decent game. Looks like ten runs, eighty six meters, uh, but uh, eighteen tackles, one miss. So just solid. Yeah, it was just a, a good uh, tonic sort of game after getting pants by the Warriors. And uh, the week before, they went down to the Bulldogs, I think, pretty badly. So uh, good to see them get right. That wraps up the weekend that was in Eels football. So let's get to some news. And first, we'll start with the NRLW, um, which has sent a couple of signings there. So the big ones are Nikita Davis-Welsh. She used to play for the Roosters. She's gone off and had two bubs and now is returning. She used to be a fullback outside back and understand that she might be returning in a different position. Yeah, I think she said in her interview, she uh, indicated she might be going towards into the pack. So maybe lock forward uh, might be a position for her and be that sort of ball playing lock that's very you know trendy in the game these days. So, yeah, it was nice to see the Eels tack on another signing there and uh, continue to build that squad. And then that's adding to uh, PNG Orchards captain Elsie Albert, who's also joined the Eels on a two-year deal. Um, so she was an absolute monster last year for the Dragons. Great pickup, and that's alongside Origin halfback Rachel Pearson, also from the Dragons, and then Kennedy Cherrington, who's uh, staying with us for the next three years. And then we've re-signed Abby Church, Azali Fay, and Reuben Cherrington, who's the sister of Kennedy. Um, they're either on one, two, or three-year deals. Albert's a real big tone setter, isn't she? She's going to really, you know, dictate the terms for the pack alongside Kennedy and be the uh, the two key go forward girls in the uh, Eels forward pack. Yeah, that, that's a big signing. Of, you know, whenever you've seen Elsie play in the past, whether it be um, for the Dragons or for Papua New Guinea, she's always like plays hard, plays tough, uh, makes the big runs. So yeah, huge. Big, big fan of the signing, big fan. And then looking at for the men's team, Andrew Davey returns to the Eels. Uh, unwanted at the Bulldogs when they're going through an injury crisis, a bit weird. Um, but he'll be here uh, immediately and we'll get to him in the team list. But he already uh, trotted out for the New South Wales Cup team over the weekend, but he's signed until the end of the 2024 season. Yeah, it's a weird one. You know, it's not hugely... Inter- I, I like Andy Davey. Um, wish he'd never left Parramatta and it goes to show you that um, you know, you leave Parramatta for the money and look what happens. So uh, a warning to all future uh, ex-Eels. Um, but, yeah, it's not a huge inspirational signing, a 30-year-old with a bit of a knee injury history. Um, but hopefully he can stay on the field and um, give us a serviceable job Pick on that right side. terrible round to come back to Parramatta given the history of knee injuries with uh, the old Suncorp turf falling apart. Yeah, and then the uh, other re-signing uh, is Sean Russell has been uh, extended to the end of the 2025 NRL season. Um, and with that, he gets demoted back to New South Wales Cup this weekend. <laughs> yeah, the old bittersweet news for Sean Russell. Here's your extension. Well done, young man. Oh, by the way, you're turning out for reserve grade. <laughs> he hasn't thrown a Zach Lomax, though, but um, I, I'd be a little bit disappointed. But maybe there might be a light, late change. We'll find out um, on Saturday. Um we all like the Sean Russell re-signing? Yeah, i got no issues. He's not playing his best football right now, uh, but he hasn't played a whole ton of football after that injury, or between the, the sort of twin injuries he had, the big one last year, and then uh, the one he had earlier this year. And then he's also in the midst of learning a new position, which is the most difficult position defensively to learn in the game. So, yeah, he'll come good. And it's a you know case of just taking his medicine now to become a better player in the near future. And hopefully back in the first grade squad pretty soon. So... Upcoming draw, there's no more junior reps now. That's all all uh, finalised, so we'll be back to the flag New South Wales Cup in first grade. 
Um, other than that, we don't have an Eels team in the Ron Massey or the um, the Shield. Only the Wenty Magpies teams, but I don't want to go into that much depth uh, no. these days. I mean, we've so, got um, schoolboys coming up later this month. So. Mate, Ham, you've got your eyes all over it. <laughs> Yeah, well, t- speaking speaking of schoolboys, you wanted to go through um, some of the uh, the city vs country uh, selections, didn't you? Ham? I I didn't think you were going to bring it up. I was hoping you did. Now I've got I've got the I've got the web page open. <laughs> um, city vs country this weekend after the end of the uh, junior rep seasons. It's not like your typical city country where um, if you're from the city, you picked. If you're from the country, you picked for country. Um, it's if you played in the Harold Matthews, you're picked for city. If you played in the uh, Laurie Daly or Andrew Johns Cup, you're picked for country. Um, so in the 16s there, we've got Mason Ong, Lurema Rokosuka, and Lockie Vela. Um, they were all mainstays in our Harold Matz team at some point. So actually, I, I didn't realize Lockie Vela was a year young. Yep. Um, changes my opinion. Well, not changing my opinion of him completely, but um, excuses a few things in his game that I saw this year. But to have those three, very good. Um, in the 18s, we have Richard Penasini, Blaise Talangi, and Sam Torvati. Matt Arthur, desperately unlucky to miss out there, in my opinion. Yeah, I, he's very, very – I mean, Talon De Silva from the Magpies there is a very good player, but even just to be on the bench there would have been good for uh, Arthur there, which, you know, you, you're a, a key a key component of the um, uh, SG Ball winning team. And you're not even having a look in that yet. No, you're right. It is not. It's not right. It's not right. It should be in there. Um, in the 19s women's, we have Talara Bamblett. Give me a sec. Uh, Debbie Dewey, uh, Ashley Pottinger, and Lindsay Tui as well. And now for the long one. Now for the big one. In the under-17s, City team, out of the 18 players picked, Parramatta have nine so that's huge effort from the girls. Actually, looks like we have nine and the Bulldogs have most of the other ones. I'm going to go through all of them because they do deserve a shout-out because they went through their season undefeated and, you know, like the other ones that have been picked. So I believe it's River Lee Alo. Sorry, if I'm, sorry, River or Riva, if I've got your name wrong. Wayara Ellis. Again, sorry if I've got your name wrong. Mariah Fasavalu Farmusili. We've got uh, Logan Lemusu, Tia Matthews, um, Daniel Seckold, Odessa Toya, and Alian Toya. Oh, and Fontaine Tafunga. So a lot of eels in there. Um, really good prospects for our um, Tasha Gale next year. And I imagine the Toya, they're the twins that have been um, spoken about by T- 60s and TCT there. Well, thanks for running us through those ones, Ham. Oh, it was, uh, I need a drink of water now. That's that's a lot of names. <laughs> there are, I won't put you on blast. <laughs> uh, so we've got Jersey Flegg. Uh, they have the bye this round, um, given Magic Round's on. Uh, it's a bit strange they don't have the bye also for New South Wales Cup with Magic Round. I think they did last year, so um, who knows what's going on. Uh, New South Wales Cup uh, have their own Magic Round now. Oh, do they? Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, three games at North Sydney on Sunday, three games at – what was the other venue, Ham? Uh, it was Redfern. It is now Blacktown. Okay, so it was meant to be Labour Redfern, but yeah, okay, Blacktown. Yeah, so well, thanks very much for that info. I did not know that. Yeah, so, you know, we're all learning things on the Parapodcast. <laughs> Magic New South Wales Cup. Woo. <laughs> um, it's a little bit of a different Magic Round experience out at Blacktown, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Eels three PM Saturday, the sixth of May. Eighth position, taking on Western Suburbs Magpies in fifth position. I swear we played this game not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, we did on Easter Monday, yeah. So just a um, few weeks ago. It was an absolute bludger too. 10-6 win. So New South Wales Cup as good as the NRL in organising a draw. Uh, looking at this team, Sean Russell returns to the centres. Other than that, it's looking for... Ophiki oh, Ogden returns to starting prop. Uh, many Luke, the the son, uh, the son, the younger brother of Sonny Luke from um, Penrith, uh, also playing at nine. Matt Drury returns to starting second row. Uh, Jonte uh, Junior Betham Mesa, the Mesa. double double, double doubles are stepping up. Um, so how do you see us going in this one, guys? Well, I'll be out there. I'm making the trip out to North Sydney Oval because I, I do enjoy a Saturday afternoon at North Sydney Oval, especially one at three o'clock, and it's predicted to be uh, pretty good weather. Um, so I get the North Sydney Bears Ale Down or the Lager, whichever one's on tap there, free flowing. 
Um, so hopefully it's a good one because, like, I don't think I could sit. Th- what was it? Ten six last time. <laughs> Ten six. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I could sit through that, especially the game beforehand. You got the Warriors in first and the Bears in second. That's going to be an open, free flowing game. And then you've got the Dower, the <laughs> possibly Dower fifth versus eighth. So you know, all games should be live streamed. Some- I think if it's going to be Magic Round, isn't that the whole point? You could have everything live streamed as well. Do you think, do you think New South Wales Rugby League has the capacity to live stream? No chance of that. <laughs> I'll have to keep an eye out because surely with like everything being at the two venues, you just set up the one camera and then just live stream everything. So hopefully that's um, I can tell you right now that uh, Rabbitohs vs. Roosters is on New South Wales Rugby League TV and none of the other ones are slated to be, oh, even God. though they're on straight after. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. It does have the tag on that one game. Are you kidding yep. me? <laughs> I mean, they don't want to. They don't want to. Um, uh, bro, what do you call bro, it? Come on. <laughs> come they don't want to clash on. with uh, the actual magic oh round. God, it's two thousand and twenty-three, man. Come on. Time to bring back forties uh, power hour down at the footy. Yeah, I might have to. The way things are, come on. Um, all right. Well, let's then jump into first grade, which will see the Titans in tenth position, taking on the Eels in twelfth. Six twenty-five p.m. on Sunday, the seventh of May, continuing our tradition of being either the first or very close to the first game of the round, or the last. And this time being the last at Magic Round. Hopefully, that turf holds up after uh, eight full, well, seven full games before us will be the eighth game. Uh, that has looked a bit precarious throughout points of this season. So let's go through the team list for the Titans. Jaden Campbell plays that fullback with AJ Brimson suffering an injury in last week's game. Uh, Khan Pereira and uh, Philip Asami on the wings. Philip Asami's been playing a bit of centre, hasn't he? I, I don't know, but he's been balling out wherever he's been playing. He's been, he's, good he's been very good, but yeah. I understood he was at centre. But they made some changes here. Brian Kelly at centre and Jojo Fafita as well. Kieran Foran, um playing on one leg at 5'8", it appears. Uh, Tanner Boyd at halfback, a Fodawaker and a Fos... Can you say Tino? Tino Fa'amasuali. Fa'amasuali. Sorry, I knew that and I just had a complete break. Don't worry. Also, it happens to me, I get halfway through it and I'm like, did I go... I'm sorry, Tino. Like, it's just a... It's a big mouthful, so hopefully... Tino F. Big Basua Malaawi. Basua Malaawi. There we go. There we go. He's, Chris, Chris Randall at hooker. David Vafita and Joe Stimson in the second row. Isaac Liu at uh, lock. And then the bench is Leeming, Aaron Clark, Eccles Haas. Is he? He doesn't look like he's related to Payne Haas. Um, I think he's the brother or cousin. Oh, is he? Okay. Uh, Joe Avuna all on the interchange with Kino Keeney, Aaron Shoup, Tom Weaver, Thomas McKayley, and Sam McIntyre all on the extended bench. So Shop has been demoted there, seemingly. I wonder if that's an injury. He's been, he's been out of favour for a few weeks, I think. Uh, so, he? yeah, they, they went out and got him and don't like him that much, apparently. All right, and then for the Eels at fullback and captain Clint Gutherson on the wing, Sivo Dunstar in the centres. Will Penasini, Bally Simonson returns after that HIA. Then in the halves, you've got Dill Brown, Mitch Moses, starting props, Wirimu Greg for the injured RCG, and Junior Puller, Josh Hodgson, starting hooker, Sean Lane, Andrew Davey comes straight into the second row, and Jermaine Hopgood starts at the lock, Bryce Cartwright, Brendan Hans, Ryan Madison, and Makahesi Makato on the extended bench, Jake Arthur, Sean Russell, Offahee Ogden, Matt Dury, and Jack Murchie on the extended bench. So just looking at that team list, I guess the big in is Andrew Davey comes straight into second, starting second row. They've even got his picture in his old Eels jersey from, what was that, three years ago now, <laughs> um, straight in there. Um, and I guess uh, Offahee Ogden might think of himself a little bit hard done by not being uh, on that bench still, but um, there is some quality there. Yeah, I mean, Davey's inclusion means he probably platoons that right edge with Bryce Cartwright freeing up Madison to specialise in the middle while we miss out and Reagan Campbell-Gillard for a bit longer. So, yeah, I like the balance of the team. I suppose the big call in the back line was Dunster over Russell, as we sort of intimated earlier in the podcast, and it came down to, I imagine, whether they valued Dunster's lack of top-end speed for those open-field plays versus Russell's uh, yips under the high ball and some of those missed tackles that he's making right now. And I guess they wanted more consistency in general play as opposed to Russell's upside of the speed. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the right answer was there, and I'll have to defer to the coach, but I do like the team for the most part. And I think, um, you know, as good as Russell has been, I think Bailey's rucking out worked probably a little bit better. Just here, which, you know, outside of Penasini there, 
Dunster's doing all right, but I th- Bailey's to me is like a 150, 160 metres per game. And he runs, he seems to be a lot better at centre than he is at wing. So um, uh, I don't think I would have made that decision, but I can see why we've made the decision. All right, Bertie, we'll jump into you. What are your thoughts? Places uh, of weakness for Titans, places of strength for the Eels? Look, uh, low-key, their, their forward pack, the Titans, is pretty, it's pretty handy. Like It's uh, much better than the Newcastle's last week. You, know, you look at um, David Fafita. It's not back to his like Brisbane Bronco days of David Fafita, but you know he might be even playing Origin this year. So, look, there are no scrubs in that um, forward pack. Their back line is, uh, you know, it's, I, I feel as though um, the only one that scares me really is that Cam Pereira, and he's only, only because he's got speed. That's it. So, what yeah, side look, does he Sorry, what? Does he play down the left or the, the left. right? The left, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so, like, it's, look, that's the only thing I'm worried about, really. Like, it's, it's just, like, for them to beat us, it's going to have to be literally off the back of Dev Feeder. And, you know, like, he, you know, if he's going into dummy half, he's only got one motive. He's only got one choice. That's just to run. So, if we can sort of, like, you know, limit him, you know, I, I, there was times where, like, um, even when early days of his Titans career where we literally rush into him and... He's pretty much ineffective, so that's the only thing I'm worried about. Um, you know, I I dig the whole Bailey Simonson over Russell. The difference between the two, in my opinion, is just Bailey's just a bit bigger. He's got a bigger body, you know. You know, it, you know obviously it's his senior, he's a senior of him, but um, other than that, yeah. Look, uh, it's it's a bit weird seeing Davy uh, listed straight in. Like, what does that say in terms of like if you're a Jack Murchie, sorry, and um, you know, and Dory? Like, what does that say to you? Like, where where does where do I sit in the depth chart essentially? For this guy to come in, you know, mid-season, been at the club essentially for a week, and he's already starting. So, yeah, like it's a bit odd. Um, I'd, I'd love, you know, I've been saying it. Like we just want Dory to get, you know, his match fitness, get his tank up because I can. I feel as though he's so valuable off the bench and in the squad. So, yeah, I'm not hating the signing, but uh, other than that, um, it's another game we should easily win, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it'll be. You know, there's no point having that having that result last week where every, everything turned turned out well for us. You know, everything clicked to in clicked into gear. There's no point having that if we can't um, back it up this week. You know, and um, with seeing the ladder this year, like it only takes what two, three wins. If you string that along, you can easily be in the top four. You know, top eight. So yeah, that's my thoughts on it. I, I Birdie, I think I was just looking at. I think may, maybe the reason why I've put Davy straight in is for that defensive ability. Because he will be going up against David Feeder on that side of the field, and you know Kane's been going well, but he did miss seven tackles last week. Dury um, isn't known as sort of a big work workhorse second rower there. See, again, I, I'm I'm not sure if it's a decision I would have made. I think personally, I would have gone um, Madison to start on that right hand side edge. Um, would have had a little bit more size against Feeder. And it, it, that work workhorse ethic, um, but BA we do know BA does like his uh, eighty minute second rollers there. So again, I, 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 it's not the, the decision I would have made, but I can see I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, Forty, what your thoughts? Yeah, Strengths, weaknesses. Titans are big front runners in terms of how they play. They come out, have those explosive first halves, and then tend to fade in the second half. We saw last week against Manly, they managed to hold on. Although Manly started to mount a comeback, it felt like Groundhog Day for him. Because obviously, prior to that, there was the big Redcliffe game where they gave away, gave away an absolutely monstrous lead uh, and got run down in the second half. So, if the Eels can just weather those early barrages and not give them too many opportunities to uh, get advantageous field position and, and uh, possession on the back of Parramatta errors or Parramatta mistakes in defence, then I think we'll be pretty well positioned to win this game and win well. Big concern for me, obviously, is that Suncorp turf. I was a. Uh, at Paraleagues doing the post-game show last week, watching the Broncos and Rabbitohs go out, and you could just see the field chopping up, you know, under the pressure of one game. And now we're going to have seven games before the Parramatta Eels and Titans take to the field. So I am deeply concerned about that. We've got quite a few players in our squad now that have a history of knee conditions, whether it's Quinton Gufferson at the fullback position, uh, Josh Hodgson at dummy half, Andrew Davey on the edges. You know, there's a whole stack of them. So you don't need the field being your enemy in this game, but unfortunately it might be the case. Uh, but yeah, the, the Titans have got speed in the back line. Sammy and Cam Pereira are playing good football. Uh, I know they've lost AJ Brimson, but it's pretty nice to have someone like Campbell come in and replace him, who's a live wire as well. Uh, but you put the bottle on them and you match up against uh, the likes of Tino and uh, 
uh, little junior Barlow, uh, gosh, Moe Fotowaka, that's the one. Uh, and I think you'll be in a very strong position to take this one away from him. Um, and I think the other factor is Chris Butler is the ref, who I think we have a good record under. I was doing the uh, – pretty, pretty certain I looked at numbers under that, and yeah, I'm pretty certain Butler is one of the better refs for us. But, yeah, just go out there, play good football. I, I don't know what to expect from Parramatta, given the last few rounds of what we've seen, boys. Uh, we had a pretty reasonable game against the Dogs. Then we had the short turnaround into Darwin against the Broncos, where we played 40 minutes of shocking football and 40 minutes of okay football and nearly won the game. And then we backed that up with a training run against Newcastle Knights. So I don't know where the team is at. Uh, this might be the best chance we're going to see in, over the last month to really know how they're travelling. You touched on the um, the main referee there, Ham, uh, 40, but you didn't touch on the touch judge. Because Ziggy, Ziggy's is back, yeah, mate. Yeah, no, Ziggy's, you don't touch the touch judge. Yeah, Ziggy's only a problem when he's got the main whistle. He's cool when he's a no, touch no, no, judge. But I'm saying Ziggy's is back at touch judge. Yeah, so that yeah, means so we're going to win. That's right. Ziggy on the, on the wings, fantastic. Uh, Ziggy in the middle, not so much. <laughs> Ham, your thoughts as well? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. The, the Titans are sort of like us at the moment where you just you can't pick what team's going to come out. So I, I judge it could be a game where nothing happens and it's like the Tigers versus Titans last year where a team wins it on the bell. Or it could be like they've been playing this year where it could be 40 to 34 where a team wins on the bell. Um, it's, a, it's a really tough one to pick and, you know, Kieran Foran's got the – was it a toe injury? Yep, and they're nasty, those things. Yeah, like it's it's a really weird one. Um, he, he was hobbling around at the end of that game against Manly. I don't know the, how he pushed through. I think the way the surface is will benefit the team that controls the middle. Obviously, uh, Phil Gould, <laughs> pre-origin talk here, whatever team controls the ruck and scores the most points is going to win. Uh, it's very obvious. Um, oh, you've, but, you've got your own Phil Goulders, haven't you? Straight, direct, complete the set. Uh, well, that's but that's he wouldn't th- can't come up with anything that clever. That's true, especially especially that especially how I come up with it like so quick witted. It was in an instant. I was like, oh, straight complete, <laughs> straight. Oh, I've even forgotten it. Straight, straight off the dome, as they say it. Yep. exactly. Um, like uh, uh, bomb funk MC said, <laughs> straight from the top of my dome straight as I rock rock top of my dome. But yeah, look. I don't think speed's going to be worried in this game because I think the the surface will just be crumbling by the time we play. So speed's not a huge worry. It's whoever powers through the forwards. Uh, I'm tipping Hoppy to come out and carve them up around the middle there. The way him, Junior, and Hodgson combined in that pass in that night's game, it was the best they've done all year. Um, just keep Hodgson's minutes to 20 to 25 minutes please don't bring him back on for a second stint please ba listen listen to us one stint hojo please him and uh Wittemu's, uh minutes should be identical and whoever you know that's why i feel in my opinion you know anything after like 20 minutes for Wittemu, it, it literally drops off massively and same thing with hodgson so if he can symmetrical- come back on for a second stint he's all right for a second stint hojo that second stint really was 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 poor, but his his first stint very good, very good. Best best he's come, best he's played. It was better than best dummy half work we've had all year. I know that'll that'll shock and horror some people, but that was the best dummy half. That first twenty minutes, best dummy half work we've had all year. Right. So looking at some previous meetings, our head to head since uh, the Titans came into the competition, twenty three games, Titans with eleven, Eels with twelve. And we were successful in the last two outings last year in 2022. We played them twice in a month, um, 13 March and then 9th of April. Um, ridiculous, uh, but that's the draw for you. Um, Eels prevailing 32 to 28 in March and then on the 9th of April, 20 to 26. But playing them pretty tight. Um, and Gold Coast have shown that they can score some points. So uh, depending on what the surface is going to be like at the end there might be a potential for both teams to score some points both being able to uh, uh being shown to be able to do that relatively recently so uh birdie let's go with you for your prediction well i tipped a massive score last week so i'm going to back that up i'm going to go para 50 uh titans uh 18 um look i, I feel as though uh you know the, the halves had a party last week i think um both props will get on the board Score a try and um yeah Ham said it earlier I think Hopgood will be um man of the will have a massive game I, I feel as though he'll be man of the match you know push that last final claim um to even grab a uh, bench sorry a bench spot for the Origin series so yeah um 
I'm not going to say I'm not saying uh, the halves are going to have a bad game. But I just feel as though this will be the um, the forwards will take over, like you guys mentioned. You know that that ground will be chopped up, and um, we might even see like a late substitution, like in terms of Ogden might come in for Carwright. I don't know. Maybe you go with you know three props on the bench. So yeah, forty. I'm not as uh, optimistic as Bernie for the few big fifty pointer, uh, but I'll go Eels thirty five to ten victors. Will Penasini to just carve up first try score a big game. Him. I'm going the big score. I think both teams will unleash like Luke Brooks has been unleashed. Um, uh, Parramatta 42 to the Gold Coast Titans 32. First try scorer, Sean Lane. And then for me, put me down for, again, another big score, 36 to 32. Uh, Will Penasini uh, getting over for a maiden first uh, try scorer. Um all right, well, I think that might just wrap us up there, boys. Uh, right on 7.28pm, Mr. 40, get off to do yeah. some um, some other good work. Yeah, uh, some more recording. On the L's. Yeah, more recording for Barramatta. Joe joined 60s and Quint in the, uh, the old tip sheet broadcast. So thank you for getting that done in time for me, boys. It's just a warm-up. This is warm-up <laughs> for the main. No, this, this is like the old old days. I just played, uh, played a full game of football. I've got to back it up now on the bench. <laughs> I'll let uh, Quint and 60s do all the heavy lifting this week. So you're going to do a poor Ken, eh? Yep. Just be on the bench? Yeah, just be on the bench. <laughs> Come 60, 60 Somebody seconds. Somebody mentions Canberra and then you perk right up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good. All right, boys. Well, we'll leave it there. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in for another week of the Para Podcast. Cheers. Adios. Cheers, later, go, Para. Thank you.